In a world of bus schedules and business calls, sidestep into a realm of Koigyu casting and Klingons. Okay, people, get your geek on. It's November 26th, 2011, and you're listening to episode 19 of Knit One Geek 2. I'm Karen. And I'm Maggie. And we're coming to you from the post-apocalyptic hellscape, a.k.a. Best Buy after Black Friday. It's a scary, scary place. Yes, we heard this this tiny little weeping off in the corner. And when we followed it, it looked up at us. We found this little itty-bitty big microphone. (laughs) <laughs> and it looked up at us with big puppy dog eyes. Yes, we, we've decided it must be the offspring of a Dalek and a R2-D2 that fled in the chaos, leaving the poor baby behind. So we, we put it in a blanket and made it all nice and comfortable. And brought it home. And gave it an electrical charge. And we yeah. call it Bob. Those are for other reasons we'll get into. You know. Yes, in case you notice a difference in the sound this week. I, and we hope you do. Please, God, we hope you do. Though we might still be working out a few of the... The settings and the tweaks, so... Yes, and seeing where the best position is to put the microphone and where we are. Dude, considering that the microphone is called Bob and you just suggested where the be- best position is... Oh, dear. But then again, really, could you expect anything else from us? No. No. Okay. Adventures in Knitting. Woohoo! I will start. I'm putting them on right now. Both of them. Hansas are done. Hansas are completely finished. And you... <laughs> With the muffled clapping. Yeah. They are big for my hands because they're not made for my hands. You know what that means? They're like oven mitts on your hands. Yeah, they are. This means that my Christmas knitting is done. And this means you can knit for you. Yes, actually it does. It, it means I can. Which I still haven't come to quite grips with yet, but I think I'm going to open up to the idea very soon because this week I will be ordering that linen stitch scarf pattern. Damn it. Do you have to order it or can you buy it off Ravelry? You can buy, I think you can buy it off Ravelry. Okay. Well, in other words, you will be downloading it. I will be getting it one way or the other. Because I've already got the, oh, one thing I didn't do is turn under the, I didn't finish turning over the edge, the bottom edge of one of the mittens, but meh, meh. You didn't ham it. Whatever. So that is the handsome mittens. I am now off of Christmas knitting, and I will be getting the linen stitch scarf pattern this week. I am still working away happily on my paper moon socks, trying them on every once in a while and trying to gauge how long to make the leg of the sock and to know that I still have enough left. You know, that whole problem. Because I didn't split mine into two balls like you normally do. Yeah. Depending on how much you wanted to work on it, I could bring my little scale yeah. to knit night. That and would, you could weigh it. That might be a smart idea, so I'm going to go with it while it's still in my head and not say something stupid like, No, I'll wing it! Because that would be inviting the universe. Yeah. Other thing that I've been doing is getting... See, I did say that was the last of my Christmas knitting to do. That doesn't mean my Christmas, you know, gifts are done. Because, as always, there are some that I'm giving that are baked. I can't do that until, like, the day or so that I'm giving them. There are just a couple left to sew. I am in a Christmas swap with a knitter in... It's it's a 
Christmas group that is on Ravelry, and we're doing a swap, and I am swapping with somebody who's in Texas. And does this person in Texas know who they're who's sending them well, stuff? They do know my my name on Ravelry, but I haven't okay. I haven't exactly gone in and say that I'm Mega Maggie from. <laughs> By the way, I have a podcast. Yeah, I, I haven't quite done that. But part of the swap is you send them yarn mm-hmm. for a project they would knit. So basically, don't send sock yarn to somebody who doesn't knit socks. Yeah, you fill out a little thing where you know. You say, okay, is there anything you're allergic to? Whoops. Yeah, or if you've noticed that, if you look at their, their projects page, you notice they knit a hell of a lot of shawlettes and socks. Sending worsted might not be the best idea. Right. Part of it is, so you send them some yarn that they would use. You send them a recipe for a goodie, and you send them something handmade. So, this is my handmade... Ooh. It is a market tote bag. It's really pretty. Because I'm all about... And I will give the link to Karen so that we can post where the pattern came from. This is a free pattern online. Oh. And it is to help advertise for the book. And if I think it's... I remember right. It's one, two, three, sew or something like that. Okay. And this is one of the free patterns to help advertise for the book. So the bottom half of it is burlap. And I discovered in the past week that burlap edges shed like a mofo. You can see little scraps of the little black yeah, forest going down there. But they do have you do edging stitch all around the burlap so that it doesn't fray into nothingness. But because uh, of her screen name on Ravelry, her username, which I'm not going to announce here because, you know, yeah, I don't know who might be listening. She is an animal lover, particularly of cats. And I put a little sticky applique kitty on one side. And little paws on the other. Eee, little paw pads. I am sending her some worsted CJ Kopeck because I think everybody should experience some CJ Kopeck. Insatiable. In celery. Ooh, and it's alpaca merino silk. Mm-hmm. It's good nice. stuff. It is the good shit. And she did say that she likes worsted. And I'm going because her request was she likes chocolate. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to be sending her the recipe for my chocolate chocolate chip cake. That is that ultimate chocolate cake in a bunt pan that I make. Oh. I mean, the kind that you made for my birthday, but yeah. put peppermint in it? Yeah. Oh, God. That is that is not a cake for those who are on diets. No. No, it isn't. Dude, the, that's like... It got, is heavenly, however. It's got chocolate chips and sour cream and, like, four eggs and stuff like that. It is super dense, happy, rich place. Mm. It is not for anybody on a diet. So that's pretty much what I have been doing for Adventures in Knitting. Okay, for me, I've done a lot of different things this week, some of which I have not done much on, uh, because it has been a busy week. It's that time of year where people are taking vacations and other people are getting really sick. And everybody else has to make up for it. Yeah, so everyone else gets more hours, which is, you know, good for the credit card bill that I'm looking at, but not so good for my sleep. So I haven't gotten much done on the Viper Pilots. I have got the second Viper done on the leg. I do have to double check how many Vipers were on the leg of the first one, but the only time I got to work on that this week was at midnight. I have a lot of time to figure that out. Most of what I have been doing has been stuff that I can take on the bus with me. So I've done a little bit more on my spring forward socks, which I'm doing out of the Tannis Fiber Arts in the meadow colorway. Okay. Which is one of the discontinued multicolor right, right, right. colorways. And for that one, for the foot of the first sock, I've almost done, or I am done, the gusset decreases. So you, you've you actually gotten quite a bit far. Yeah, I probably need to put it on and see whether I need to snug it up a little bit more or not. And then the other thing that I have gotten done, I've gotten a fair bit done, actually, even though I only started this yesterday. It's plain stockinette sock in Socks That Rock in the Zine colorway. I okay. guess that's how you pronounce it. 
that's it. It's Z-E-I-N, and it's really pretty. It's blues and greens and purpley and a little white and a little brown, and it looks really nice so far. And you got that, like, knit up in record time. Well, that's because I brought it with me to the movies yesterday. We'll get into that. And spent two hours just, you know, knitting on autopilot while I was watching the movie. And then I also you did it on the bus today. So I'm basically, I'm almost done the heel. Oh, and the other little fibery thing I kind of did this week is, as I mentioned last week, this week my story time, my toddler story time topic was sheep. So with sheep, I like to go a little bit more. above and beyond. <laughs> a little bit more than I would do other weeks. Simply because I can and because I have the stuff to do it. So I actually brought my spinning wheel to work on Thursday on the bus. Thankfully, it's a travel wheel. It folds up. Did you get a lot of looks on the bus? Possibly. I was pretty tired. <laughs> Because this was at like 7.45 in the morning. Oh, so you didn't care. I was just like trying not to fall asleep and, you know, trying to hold onto the wheel so it wouldn't fall over and so it wasn't impeding traffic down the aisle. But yeah, I brought it with me and I brought some fleece that has been washed but hasn't and has been combed a bit but hadn't been combed a lot, which I don't use for spinning anymore for that very reason, and which the kids got to use. I gave them little lumps of it so they could glue it on their little sheep for their craft. And and I brought a couple knitted things. I brought one of the Malabrigo scarves that I've done and a Noro scarf so they could touch it and feel like one of them's kind of scratchy and one of it's very soft, and we won't tell you which is which. Yeah, <laughs> because and I brought, that's uh, an experience in itself. <laughs> yeah, and I brought some of the the Polworth that I got from Sheep and Spindle at the Knitters Frolic last year that I bought to practice on my spinning wheel, and that stuff's all nicely combed, so I was able to show the kids. Okay, this is sort of how it comes off the sheep, and this is what what you have to do. You have to get it all nice and combed before you can spin it. And then I brought out the spinning wheel, and the kids were just fascinated, as were the parents too, because like a couple of them said, "Wow, I've never." actually seen anyone do that. And it's like, yes! And I let the kids help to... The kids were basically... Their foot was riding on the treadle as I pushed the wheel around. Yeah. More, but to them it was, I'm pushing the treadle and making yeah. the wheel spin. So they could see how it worked. Hook them early. Yeah. And also sort of to give them an example of someone doing this sort of thing out of the context of, say, like a living history museum or something. Because you don't often see someone spinning who isn't... A great-great-grandmother? Yeah. Or who isn't, you know, in a living history museum where it is very much, this is something that people used to do. Right. Whereas showing them, like, no, this is something that people do, like, still do. And enjoy doing. Yeah. And to show them that... It's not like taxes. We actually like this. <laughs> but to sort of show them that the craft is still alive. Mm. So they don't think of it as something which is no longer done or that they don't still do. Because you know how many times people have said something like, oh, knitting, that's a dying art. No, no, it isn't actually. So I think, you know, it's kind of important for people to see it's still people getting spinning done. and knitting in a modern context instead of a context of, you know, the same way that people see, like, blacksmithing or cooking over an open hearth. I went to watch the black belt testing at my dojang today, mm -hmm. which is the equivalent of the dojo, but it's, it's a dojang Korean for the Taekwondo te testing. And I sat in the back with my knitting out and stuff like that and kept going. And I got two different... I could say reaction. On the one hand, I had one person stop by, and it was a guy. He's like, are you, like, knitting mittens? And I'm like, well, I, and I showed him, no, actually, it's a cowl, and what's that? And I'm like, well, instead of a scarf, it's a tube that goes around your neck, da-da-da-da-da. That's very cool. I like that. You know, gave me a thumbs up, and he kept going. On the other hand, you know, when I put my knitting down next to me and was just stretching my fingers and watching what was going on, a woman came along with her big old purse, slammed her purse down right on top of my knitting, 
and then sat down, and I'm like, well then. I hope somebody knits you underwear out of camel's arse hair. I hope you get Noro underwear. Yeah. Well, not like Noro, because at least it's pretty, but... <laughs> but uh, ultimately, my point with all of this was that, yeah, modern setting, Taekwondo black belt. Yep. People still do this. Hells yeah. It is still a very much a live craft. And anyone who thinks otherwise can suck it. But yeah, so basically that was me. Oh, I also have the sweater from last year's Nanoswemo. The one that I teased her about? Yes. It is. It has been blocked. I just haven't been able to seam it because I haven't been home. Like, I was telling Maggie earlier, because mom is away, I've been turning the heat down if I'm going to be gone for a long time. And usually turning the heat down at night, too, because I like it kind of cold to sleep anyway. I turned the heat down on Wednesday around noon because I was going to be out and then at work. And I was only going to have a couple hours before I had to go to sleep that night. I have not turned the heat back up. And it's Saturday today. Because... I have not been home for more than two hours well, conscious, before, yeah. yeah, before I then go to sleep. I have not been home and conscious for more than two hours. I have not bothered turning it, turning Aww, it up. Aw, nothing. Yeah, my poor cat. <laughs> Probably so lonely. Aw, poor. Not Gina. used to being alone so much. Maybe that's why she's running around on my bed in the middle of the night. You're home. You're home. You're here. You're here. Wake up, wake up, wake up! Go away, peanut. Yes, that was me for this week. I cannot wait until Monday that I can sleep in. Because, of course, I'm working tomorrow, too! But yes, moving on to Geek Squee! So as I mentioned, with the plain stockinette socks, I knit them while I was... Oh my god. She's not saying that about Breaking Dawn, by the way. No, no, we will get to this in a second. My my train of thought, yes, as you mentioned... When I... And no, we d- I didn't pull up a picture of a, of a beautiful stud muffin. No. More's the pity. Um, anyway, so yes, as I mentioned, I went to the movies yesterday, and I got a lot done on the sock, and part of the reason I brought the sock was because, as you just said, I went to see Breaking Dawn, <laughs> mainly for the lulls. Sorry, did I pop that cherry? Spoiler alert. I have to say, like, I did enjoy myself. But it was because the movie was kind of ridiculous. And I did enjoy its ridiculousness. Actually, the other night, in between getting home and going to bed, I decided I would watch Twilight, the first movie. And originally I had planned to watch it with the Rift Tracks when I got the movie from the library. This time I decided, actually, I'm going to watch it and I'm going to live tweet it. So I was live tweeting that night under the heading, the hashtag Tweetlight, and it was rather fun. Basically, watching the first movie and watching the last movie, the best thing best thing about both of them was Bella's dad, Charlie. I love Charlie. He's like the one sane person in the middle of all these other crazy people. And he's like the one person who makes sense. The one normal guy. Yeah, the one normal. Non-vampiric, non... Has no idea any of this shit's going on. Actually, I was telling people that when I was doing the, the Tweetlight thing... I was telling people, I would totally watch a TV show about Charlie. If it was like a cross between X-Files and Northern Exposure, like the small town police chief, you know, who has to deal with stuff that's going on that's kind of weird and he can't really explain it. You know, Bella's nowhere in the picture. She can maybe come in like at the end of the first season. I would watch the shit out of that show. Anybody out there want to make a TV show about that? That would be awesome. Yeah, it's Breaking Dawn is really hard to categorize because it's like there's these two completely separate parts of the movie. There's the yay wedding, happy fluffy land with you with a little bit of like, you know, ooh wedding jitters or ooh wedding night jitters. But you know, it's still sort of like romantic movie. And then there's like the horror fest that is the vampire baby, which is it gets pretty gory. You don't see, well, you see a lot of blood. Spoiler well, alert here people. 
Yeah, quote unquote blood. I think everyone knows this. About yeah, I, I, I know, but we are going to be fair about it. Mm-hmm. Like I said at the beginning, spoiler alert, you see a fair bit of blood. You don't actually see a lot of other gory stuff, but you do hear things. You hear nomming? Yes, you hear nomming. And it's, it's, there were a few bits where people in the audience were going, and I had to look away because it was just kind of gross. So it's it's really kind of weird because, like I said, there's these two halves of this movie and they're very different, which makes it kind of weird. And then there was also the stuff where it was just like, okay, yes, we've watched them kissing for like the last two minutes. You can stop anytime now. Or like, okay, yes, they're getting romantic. This is kind of squeaky, actually. And op- I, I don't really want to watch them simulating having sex. Thank you very much. Can we just fade to black? Thank you. It was kind of awkward. Especially because you know they're supposed to be, well, she at least is supposed to be like 18. It's like, um, okay. Can we get off this now, please? But yeah, it was, like I said, it was fun. Because there were intentional laughs, and then there's the unintentional laughs. So, you know, I figured it was worth it. You know, it was worth the, the movie price. Okay, now going on to what you just showed me that kind of broke my brain for a second. Yeah. The Maybe uh, made me do the blue screen of death. The tangent that I was going to bring up here was I was going to ask everybody listening considering that a lot of you I know we have listeners that are across the pond and all over the world now. Oh my god type of thing. Oh my god But a lot of our American listeners just had their Thanksgiving. You're all probably still coming out of the food coma. Yeah, or recuperating from the injuries you received on Black Friday. Like getting pepper sprayed. (sighs) Anyways, what was the weirdest, strangest, most amazing kind of food item that you saw either on your table, a friend's table, or anywhere on the internet? One of the things that I just pulled up that broke Karen's brain uh, was a turkey. Now, okay... Yes. We've all seen a turkey that's had a couple of slabs of bacon draped over it for, you know, extra crispiness and taste and, you know. Yeah, that's what we do. That sort of stuff. This But one, we put, like, four strips of bacon across the top. This one looks like it could easily be a couple of packs of bacon, and it is lattice work onto the bird, and we are talking like second skin lattice work. We haven't made a blanket yes. in, you know, we haven't given the turkey a binky or anything like that. It's... Turkey bacon binky. Yeah. It's it's a lattice work bathing suit for the turkey. Yeah, and, and actually, and each wing is wrapped in turkey bit in bacon as are each drumstick. It's it's like a, it's a turkey mummy. Yeah, only it's lattice work across the breast. Yeah. Which is the mummy was, you know, woven across the breast. Yeah. So that's one of the things that I saw, and that was came from Facebook, which, you know, as we all know, is a, is a deep well for the weird. Yes. And the other thing that, and I know this, this person who made this particular dessert, so I got to watch this thing being built in stages. This is a trapumple. And if you're trying to figure out what this is, it is the dessert version of a turducken. Just think about that for a second. If you don't know what a turducken is, you can pause the podcast here and go to Wikipedia. T-U-R-D-U-C-K-E-N. A chicken inside of a duck inside of a turkey. So it is basically a big meat thing. It's a meat matryoshka doll. You know those little Russian dolls where you open it up and there's a smaller doll inside? It's that with poultry. Yeah. So now the trapumple is the dessert 
version where it's chur cherry, pum for pumpkin, and pull for apple. So it's there were three pies baked: cherry, pumpkin, apple. Cooled. Then they were put into cake pans. White cake batter was put over the cherry pie. Spice cake batter was put over the pumpkin pie. And then yellow cake batter was put over the apple pie. And then they were baked again, pulled out, and cooled. And then they were tiered on top of each other. In a ginormous layer cake. Enormous. And then it, the whole thing was buttercreamed. Yeah. And we're talking like this thing was easily a foot and a half tall. And I saw a shot when a wedge had been cut out of it. Yeah. So you could see each strata. Yes. It, it's like it's like an archaeological dig. <laughs> it's like how when you see an archaeological dig, they can point at different levels of different time periods. And you see, like, the, the white cake and cherry level. And the spice cake and pumpkin level. I mean, and it's huge! It's it like is. a few feet. This is a couple feet tall. This is like, you know, if, if this had been present for the feeding of the 5,000, the loaves and the fishes wouldn't have needed to come out. And everybody would have, would have had a massive sugar high. Yeah, well, that's true, too. <laughs> All right, I don't want to think about... <laughs> Jesus on a sugar high. Oh, God. <laughs> so, yeah, this was, this was an enormous sugar fest. So did your family do anything like this or have their own special you know, sort of tradition? Or did you hear about one or see one on the internet? or something like that, because we all know the internet doesn't lie. Send us emails and let us know what you have found or what you have done. Yes, the wackier the better. Yes. If you know of wacky stuff, we want to see it. I wonder if anybody made a turkey Death Star or something like that. You know, where they don't buy the whole bird, they just do the breast. Yeah. I don't know. (laughs) Turkey Vader. Vader dressed up getting ready to carve the turkey. That would be cool, with the lightsaber. Well, speaking of geeky things like that... Okay. Those geeky things will soon be featured on a TV series. And yet, I don't sound terribly enthused about this. No, you don't. You may wonder why. Because it's going to be a series... Or rather, two, at least at the moment, it's going to be two episodes on TLC of a show called Geek Love, which is about a geek dating show. This is a reality TV show. Yes. Dating reality show. And basically what it is is it's showing geeks that were at Dragon Con, there was a speed, someone who runs like speed dating for geeks. Right. At the con. Problem is, A, this is TLC, whose pedigree is, is not so great at the moment. And what's making me even more dubious is the people who are making this are the same people who make toddlers and tiaras. That's what really gets me. Yeah. It's not that it's geeks. And it's not that it's geeks are looking for love. It's that it's these people doing it. Yeah, because if you've ever watched an episode of Toddlers and Tiaras, and for overseas listeners who might never have heard of the show, count yourself as blessed. It's basically about child pageants, but the kind where, like, the kids get really, like, heavily made up and their hair teased and... Like, these really fancy costumes and stuff. And basically, they're just there to find, like, the worst examples of pageant moms. Yeah. And toddler meltdowns. They, they become divas before they hit prepubescence. Yeah, they're basically looking for the most... This show, they basically look for the most sensational stuff. Like, they had one kid featured on there who was dressed up in Julia Roberts' costume... From... From Pretty, pretty Woman. Woman. I saw that! And yes. we're not talking that the pretty... We're not talking about any of the... The red dress. We're talking about, like, the hooker costume. Yes. Yeah. And was doing a little dance routine in the hooker costume. Yeah, so we're talking, like, boots in that, you know, clingy costume with that, you know, the cutaways on the sides yeah. and stuff like that. So you know when they're talking about geeks, they're going to find the people who fit, who either fit the geek stereotype, stereotype. or they're going to find the moments and the clips 
that make that person appear to fit the geek stereotype. Yeah, I don't... Like, the worst possible scenario. I don't know if these people are going to do justice to the people that are the geek. Oh, I don't think they will. So, I'm I'm probably going to watch it, or at least part of it, and I'm probably going to want to rage all the way through it. Watch it just to see whether or not you're right or wrong. Yes, just watch it to see how bad it gets, really. Because, I mean, I was just... just the other week, I read about a documentary that Morgan Spurlock, who did Supersize Me, the guy who basically ate McDonald's every day for a month to I show what I know about that one, yeah. You. He's done a lot of stuff since then. He actually did a documentary at one of the major conventions. I think it was Comic-Con. Yeah, it was Comic-Con. And it was actually, it was at the Toronto Film Festival this fall. Oh, I only found out about this like two weeks ago. I'm so pissed off. But from everything I've read, his documentary about it is really geek positive and, you know, shows a lot of really neat people who have these really specific interests. Like I said, it's, from everyone that I've seen, from all the geek sort of places that I've seen reviews from, they said this was a really good documentary showing, you know, that geeks are not, you know, one type of person who is extremely socially maladjusted. <laughs> this show looks like it might be going to the other Spectrum. side of it. Yeah. There is a trailer online that you can see for it. And just considering the stuff that they pull out for the trailer, it doesn't inspire confidence. And as one commenter on the Mary Sue mentioned about the show, they said it's funny that they haven't done the same thing with rabid football fans. Gee, I wonder why. Yeah. Because that's a more socially accepted version of geekdom. Yeah. Football fans, I don't think, would acknowledge that they're geeks. No, they wouldn't say they're geeks, they'd say they're fans. And we'd tell you, if you're if you are not wearing a shirt in the middle of February because you painted your chest in your team colors, you're a geek. Yeah. Because geeks are people who are obsessed and passionate about very specific things. Right. To the point of knowing, you know, stats and trivia about particular, oh, I don't know, athletes, players, teams. Yes. Or to the points of making costumes or buying things for costumes. Like, I don't know, those ginormous wigs in team colors <laughs> or painting your face. You can paint your face to go to Comic-Con. You can paint your face to go to the Super Bowl. But one of them is more socially acceptable yeah. than the other. Anyway, moving on. The trailer for Mirror Mirror has come out this past week. And I think our prediction was accurate in that it is more of the lulzy chick flick comedy kind of movie. Mm-hmm. And it does deal with Julia Roberts is, although she is still a lovely looking woman, mm-hmm. I think the whole concept behind the evil queen is that she knows she's aging. Yeah. And she's refusing to give to in. To admit it. Yeah. <laughs> she is fighting it tooth and nail. Yes. You know, that the whole bit about, you know, sin- cinching the corset tighter and tighter. No! You must have shrunk it! You know, they have a whole machine, apparently, that they turn wenches to hook her up. <laughs> and she's got the huge underwire, semicircular pannier skirt. Think like 17th century. Looks like a buffet table under the dress. Yep. She looks in the mirror and goes, they're not wrinkles. They're just crinkles. And, you know, the rest of us are going, and the difference is what? But apparently, and there is a trailer out, and I can only tell you what I've seen in the trailer, but Snow White, in her escape from the Huntsman in the palace, she meets up with the seven dwarves, mm-hmm. who are bandits. Awesome. And she becomes the lead bandit. Nice. And she starts stealing from everybody, including the prince. Nice! Because the prince is... is 
at least in the trailer, the prince is a very, very rich airhead. Like, he's not he's not all there. Oh, this could be interesting. I do have to wonder, if they're playing it up a bit more for the laughs, I do have to wonder how they're going to handle the whole go kill her and bring me her heart sort of thing. I don't know if, <laughs> if it was the heart. I don't think they uh, did the I don't know the if they're going to include that or... Cause it Cut w- off her hair so I can make a nice wig. They didn't mention the heart, I don't think, in this trailer. I'm yeah. trying to remember. Because Julia Roberts asks, of all people, Nathan Lane, is it done? And he says, yes, exactly as you said. And she goes, good, you aren't as completely imbecilic and useless as I thought you were. Nathan Lane is the huntsman? And he says, well, that's the nicest thing you've ever said to me. I don't think he's the huntsman. He's he's more like... Or the, like, or at least he's, that's the, he's, he's the sort of He's the person role. that... I, I, I don't know... Or who asked them to do something to make sure Snow White is not coming back? Right. Yeah, I yeah, know. Like, he's not. Yeah, no. There's, there's the woodcutter, the woodcutter slash husband. No. Yeah. So I don't. You don't ask Nathan Lane to go, you know, kill someone and bring back their heart. So I, yeah, I don't think there's going to be any heart eating in in this movie. But at the very least, think about okay, Snow White becomes lead of the bandits. Yeah. And. At one point, you see her with her foil. No, not her foil, her rapier. Saying, does anybody feel like going to crash a party? Oh, this movie sounds interesting. And it would be the queen's wedding. Yeah. To the airhead prince. Ooh. Is the party in question. So this could actually be really funny. Yeah. So you, you And this is looking like a slightly more family-friendly Yeah. So on the one end... And there, the other one. There was one point when the prince and his entourage was stripped down to their breeches and tied up to chairs, and you had one of the one of the wee bandits come up, say hello to my little friend, and just started, you know, boxer punching at his face, and you know that's that's what it was before it faded to black at the trailer. And I'm like, you know what? That's kind of funny. Yeah, this looks like it could be I, interesting. I, I could root for those guys. I think I might be seeing both these movies. Oh, I'm definitely seeing yeah. both. I'm going to see one for the chills and one for the lulls. Yeah. I, I don't know if I'm going to be able to sleep after see, seeing the evil queen in the, in, the, in the other version. I can't go to sleep. She'll swallow my soul. Can't sleep. Queen will eat me. Can't sleep. <laughs> queen will eat me. Okay, anyways. Simpsons rough. So there you go. There's the Mirror Mirror trailer, and it is out and on the internet. Oh, yes, thinking of other movies? Of course, the Muppet movie comes out this weekend. Squeak! I really want to see it. I do kind of want to see it. I don't think I will have time this weekend, but I really want to see it. And, well, considering this weekend is almost over. Yeah. But one of the good things about it, I've seen some really good reviews of it. And actually, I checked Rotten Tomatoes earlier today. And it has a 98% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Dude. That's with 123 reviews counted. So I think it's safe to say that uh, this movie's going to be good. The last thing I remember being very consistently in the high 90s was Return of the King. Yeah, I think Harry Potter was. The last Harry Potter movie. The last Harry Potter was too. And this one, a lot of people seem to be saying that like, it's like my childhood is back. (laughs) Or, you know, a lot of it seems to be really based on that sort of nostalgia and people saying that it is it does feel like a Muppet movie good it does feel like you know the Muppet movies that we grew up with which is a good thing I'm, I've become more and more excited about this the more that I hear about it. it it should be really good and from what I've heard the story is really good too like in the way that sounds like similarly in the way that like Pixar manages to make their stories you know accessible for kids but also have a lot there that adults can really enjoy yeah not just in the you know oh hey simple movie sort of thing but there's a lot of themes and stuff that adults can really love too. Plus when you have the Muppets it's going to be lots of clever one-liners and things like that. Yeah, we're going to have to take a notepad and write down all the one-liners and put them on (laughs) t-shirts or something like that. 
Yeah, we were actually saying we were going to have on our knit night. We were saying we we're going to have a uh, Muppet Christmas Carol, and I still think we week. should. Yeah, because all of I think all of us were, <laughs> were quoting bits from it. So something that is coming out in the next year, 2012, is something for all of the gadget, computer, tablet kind of geeks out there. You know, we all know about the tablets and the multifunctional whatevers that we've been carrying around in our hands and our pockets and our purses and our briefcases and such. Now, there is the technology to turn your desktop into a tablet. Desktop as in your the top desk. of your desk. Like the wooden desk. Yeah, the surface of your desk. Right. And it's by XOPC, and there is a, a video out to see an example of its use, but as Karen was saying when I showed her the vi- video, it's a little bit on the, oh my god, CSI kind of type yeah. of thing. I think this is the sort of thing, I have seen this in some of the more recent CSI, it was, there was something like it in the last Bond movie, in Quantum of Solace. There is a desk where they put their finger, they're showing all these different, you know, bad guys, and they put their finger on one file and drag it towards them and open it up on the desk. And that's what this does. This does that. Like, we are, exactly. We are one step away from Tony Stark and, you know, the going vertical into, yes, you know, into 3D space. Space. Which it's I think would really be awesome. so totally cool. You know, just be a dink, dink, throw that away, put that over here, save that, that goes in the trash. I loved watching that. Yes. Loved it. Just the way he goes, do, 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 do. Flicks it up, and actually, this person does something similar when he's like looking through his tweets. He's like nudges a couple things off the screen and then brushes them off the desk, and it's really amazing. And he pulls out uh, a whole keyboard, and your desk becomes you a, know, piano. a piano, <laughs> like a piano keyboard. It's really cool. The only problem that I see with this is that you are going to need space on your desk to do this, and there are geeks in this world that do not keep a nice, neat desk. Yeah, not that any of them would be in this room. (laughs) My desk is such a dump. Yeah, the only thing I can see is that you might want, like, the central portion of your desk. I think it says it's a 40-inch space. Yeah, 40-inch multi-touch XO desk coming in 2012. So you could maybe, like, the 40-inch space could be the touchy part, but then you'd need, you know, a little extra to the side to, say, put your coffee on. So in the space in the middle is sort of no man's land and on either side is like this this build up of like risk. But that will be coming out in 2012 and available for 12.99 as in $1,299. Yeah, which considering like how much say the latest Apple laptops and laptops desktops and stuff, go for cost, that's not that much really. No, it isn't. And it's amazing. We will put. Up, I want the Tony Stark desk. Yeah, I I would like the Tony Stark desk too, to be honest. But we will put up a link so that you can watch the video yourself. Oh, and other nifty technology things. NASA's Mars Science La- Laboratory, including the rover Curiosity, launched today. What? I didn't get to see it because I was at work, and I probably wouldn't have known about it anyway unless I happened to. I don't think anyone I know tweeted beforehand. No, but I, found I, I definitely want to watch the video of the. I want to watch the video of the launch later today. My husband and my son got to watch it live, and you know, here I am thinking, "Wow, that's a big moment in history for Aiden to see live." And yeah, he doesn't care. He's four years old. But apparently, it's the largest rover yet that has gone to Mars, and it's expected to take nine months to get there. Is it going to find the other one and just you know pet it? Spirit? Is it a rest? 
rescue mission for spirit? Well, except Curiosity isn't coming home either. Oh. <laughs> One thing, the Curiosity rover has a Twitter account in the sense that uh, it is tweeting in first person. It's at Mars Curiosity, and it's really cute. Some people have been replying to it, and it has replied back. Obviously, I mean, obviously it's a NASA staffer on the other end. It's not even like an AI or a, a, it's not even a bot. It's just, you know, someone at NASA is writing these tweets about the Curiosity rover, but doing it as though they were the rover. Like, there's one that says, Today's my big day! I'm on the launch pad, looking at Mars up there in the sky near Regulus. I'll be on my way in about four hours! Which, I'm sorry, I, I kind of love it when things like that... Oh, this one When they anthropomorphize good. things like that. This one was good. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, so Mars Curiosity says, I'm ready for my close-up. It links to NASA TV and then says, watch my launch from, and it gives you the website. And someone else replied with, hi, Curiosity, you're so sexy. And Curiosity replied with, I bet you say that to all the rovers. <laughs> <laughs> so whoever's on the other, well, I mean, they have to, would have to have a sense of humor to do this in the first, per, the first person. Yeah, it's But not- obviously... They have a really good sense of humor. But then again, this is NASA. We've seen them have... We've seen good geek stuff come yes. out of NASA. These people are cool. But yes, I can't wait to see the actual landing. Crossing fingers that everything goes well. I remember watching the Phoenix landing live. It was so cool. It was kind of weird, though, especially because you knew that it takes like 20 minutes for the... Or about that amount of time for the signal to get from Mars to Earth. Wow. By the time NASA got the information that it was doing its final descent, it had actually already landed on Mars. Yeah. Which is kind of surreal. Cause, but also... I imagine kind of nerve-wracking for the scientists at NASA because with that kind of delay, if something goes wrong, they can't do anything. Yeah. It's already happened. Now, moving on to cravings, covets, and crushes. I am going to pimp a local company that we found in the Niagara region this past week. Oh, yes. And this was super cute because they also did a mock-up of one of your heroes. Yes! This company is called Monkey Buns. I'll give you a moment to absorb that. It's M-U-N-K-Y-B-U-N-S. And basically, you take the concept of a sock monkey and push it just a little bit more into the colorful spectrum. Yes. So instead of taking the all-purpose men's kind of sock, she took the trendy socks from, you know, all of the, the trendy teeny bopper stores. Yeah. So we're talking purple, aquamarine, pink, lime green, like... Stripey socks. Stripey, argyle, polka dotted, you know, skulls all over The argyle ones were really cute. Yeah, they were cute. Made sock monkeys out of them, and then did some felt appliques on top of them. Mm -hmm. Not quite, not always Care Bear style, like on the tummy. Yeah. Some of them were off to the sides... Or in various places. There was one called... There was one, and I found out the name for it. I think it was Octavia. Yes. The one that says Fangtasia. And the monkey has little fangs. She made a vampire one. With little drops of blood. I think it was an... I'm not 100% sure, but I think it was an Argyle, but it was... It was black and, like, dark colors and yeah, red. Yeah, purple and red and things like that. And the monkey had fangs stitched into its mouth, and it had Fangtasia in felt across its... T- oh, <laughs> God, it was great. It was awesome. It was so great. And you can go to her site. She does have monkeybuns.com. She is available on Facebook, and she is available on Etsy. So we'll link to that, but she has... 
monkeys that are up for adoption. Yeah. They all have names. And they all have names. There's a few different sizes. There's the small monkey sizes. There's the regular ones. And then there's the ones that are, like, made out of knee socks that are, like, the super long uber arms and legs that you could tie into knots. Yeah. She had a couple other animals, too. I seem to remember there was a little sort of alien monster. There were alien weirdo thingies. Yeah. There were rabbits. And there were owls. Now, the owls were super cute. Oh, the owls were so cute. They were super cute. She also has, if you want to put your own little personal touch to it or twist to it, you can buy the sock monkey kit. And you can can buy it like that. And she'll send you, you know, the socks with all the pieces and stuff like that. And all you got to do is stuff it. And and she'll send you the instructions to, to sew it. Super cute! And you can personalize it. It sort of inspired me to make a sock monkey for Aiden. His favorite color is green, so it's a a green and black stripes. Mm -hmm. And it's going to have, if I can manage this, a Thomas the Tank Engine felt applique on the tummy. And this is going to be interesting, let me tell you. Yeah, that's going to be fun. Yeah. So anyways, we'll see how that goes. This is for his birthday, right? Yeah, sure. (laughs) (laughs) Not for Christmas. I'll get back to you on that. Maggie. What? I can't hear you. Okay, so that's it for monkey buns. So the other thing that we have for Cravings, Covets, and Crushes, of course, last week we mentioned that a couple online magazines had new issues out. Last week we did Knit Circus. This week, it's Twist Collective. Ooh! Which is always one of the most anticipated. So same thing we did last week, we're going to go through, and then any of the ones that sort of jump out at us, we'll, you know, give our little commentary. We won't necessarily mention every pattern in it, just the ones that pique our fancy. And keep in mind that, you know, our tastes might be different to yours because oh, yeah. I know that for myself I'm a petite person so for example the Jaina sweater that's right at the beginning is a very long one and for me I would have to shorten it a bit because having something that long would make me look even smaller. Yeah so the ones that strike us I mean they're going to be a combination of our personal taste and it's also going to be partly based on like what catches us because it looks like something we would that would look good on us. Yeah. And we have very different body types so. I liked Verve by Megan Jackson. It's a I guess sort of a crescent shaped shawl and it's got sort of a, a swirly eyelet pattern and it looks really but they've got one in that's something that's more of a, a tonal yarn and one that's more of a variegated and it looks really pretty in both it might actually be a nice idea to use for with some of the variegated yarns sock yarns that I have because I think they do use uh, Blue Moon yeah Blue Moon Fiber Arts Marine Silk Sport or Blue Moon Fiber Arts Marine Silk Fingering so you could do it in a sport weight or a fingering weight and then of course the first sweater that I think both of us saw that we really liked was Oscillate by Amy Herzog I really like her stuff. <laughs> Who did the Ayana sweater that I mentioned that is blocking at yeah. the moment? Yeah, we both really like her stuff, especially because I noticed she uses a lot of shaping yep. in her sweaters, which really helps. And she often has sort of these cables or sort of wavy elements especially that goes down the middle. This one is more of a cardigan with a v-neck and the wavy bits sort of go up either side and up to the shoulders. And it's sort of neat. It adds a little bit of extra detail or a little bit extra interest without becoming overwhelming. Yeah. And while I like a lot of stuff, like I mean looking at the Watson sweater that I want to do, that's covered in cables and pattern and stuff. It's not that that sort of stuff is intimidating to me, technically. It's just this too, I would look at, there's enough there to keep my interest, but it would still be sort of a fairly 
sort of a faster knit than the say the Watson sweater. And there's also another one I really liked was the here goes with the pronunciation Giada G E A D A. It's by Susanna I C. And it's a again I'm gonna guess and say another crescent E shaped shawl, but it's done in air and weight, so it'll definitely be warm. And it'll also be see I kind of like that because they do it in Sweet Georgia. I could definitely see doing it in Tannis. It uses three skeins of Sweet Georgia merino silk Aran. Three skeins of an Aran weight hand dyed is not too bad when it comes to cost. So I was thinking that might be a really nice. Oh, that's what it looks like stretched oh. out. That oh, that's does, pretty. That does look nice. Yeah. And I mean, I was gonna because I was gonna say I don't really get to use the Aran weight or worsted weight hand dyes because a lot of times they're using them for sweaters, which for me, <laughs> well. Sweaters in general will need more than yeah. a shawl or mitts or hats. Or- yeah, but some people, a lot of people can get away with it because they only need like four or five skeins. I need more than that, which makes it a very expensive sweater. And I'm not really big on hats because hats don't really look that good with the shape of my face. I could maybe use them for mittens. But this is another thing that, you know, if I wanted to get like some worsted weight, and a really nice hand paint, I could use it for this. Mm-hmm. And three skeins will not break the bank. Barolo. Yes, the Barolo socks by Lana Holden. They're really pretty, though I must admit, with this individual picture, every time I look at it, the first thing that comes to my mind is, oh dear God, she's going to get sand in those socks. Yes, if you haven't seen the picture on the spread, it's from the knees down. The model is obviously sitting in the sand, and then you see these aqua blue socks peeking out underneath, and all Karen and I can think about is, oh my God, the sand's got to get in the stitches. But it's really pretty. It's sort of a, a slightly lacy pattern. It's not really lacy. It sort of reminds me of a, an inlay on a fl- on a tiling or a floor. Yeah, it has the crisscross sort of element to it. The Zori sweater by Jean Clement is really pretty. I would probably just look pregnant. It's one of those sweaters very similar to the February lady sweater where it has buttons that only go from say the neckline down to the just below the bust yeah and just then, the underbust and then the rest of it is is left yeah. open it has an empire waist and the rest sort of again flares on the model it's flaring open just a little bit which like i said it would it would look like i was wearing maternity wear on my body type i just really like something about maybe it's the color maybe it's the pattern yeah what i would really like is to turn this from a cardigan into a pullover i could see that the Corinth sweater by Cardigan, rather by Krista Giles. Very it's nice. It's pretty. It's just got some very simple ribs going up the length of Cardigan. Again, it looks it looks like it might have... I don't know if it has some shaping or not. Sometimes it's hard to tell whether it's the model or whether it's the sweater. I think it's very modest shaping, if there is any. Yeah. Actually, yeah, from looking at the left side, it doesn't look like it's... Caprio by Amy Christophers. Yeah. It's a very geometric sort of lace. Yeah. Like, it's got sort of chevron lace with a more of a vertical... It's really pattern. nice. It, it's really pretty. And it's in it's in sport weight, so it would knit up really fast. It's basically a rectangular wide scarf or a stole. I love that. And there's that no about edging on it either. Yeah, I love that about some garments that are at that size where it can either be a stole or a scarf. Yeah, that's what's nice about, well, I've been using the Potion Master stole as a scarf yeah. on a few days. And this one, they've got it, she's sort of got one end sort of draped over her shoulder and then she's holding out another end so you can see the pattern. But then in the other pattern, she's got it sort of wrapped around like a scarf. Finio by oh. Alison Greenwill. Oh, this is such a nice looking I love sweater. this sweater. I'd have to see how a cowl neck looks on me, but oh, I like it. It's got this sort of cable lacy detail around the bottom hem of the sweater and at the bottom of the sleeves. And there's just a little bit 
running from, you could see it right there. Oh, yes, running up the side of the sleeve. Up to the shoulder. And then it's stocking it up to the neck on the body, and then it's got this cowl neck, which is, again, in that sort of cably lacy pattern. And it's really pretty. It is. I really like that one. Yeah. And I'm actually working on a pat- pattern by Alison Greenwell. And just quickly to mention, one article that I especially liked is the 10, mitter- 10 knitters you meet in hell. We won't go through and describe too much of it, but basically it's like the five knitters as students and five knitters as teachers that you might you do not want to meet in classes at a you know yarny convention and it's quite funny but of course it's it's franklin habit so and you know it might be a nice little exercise to remind yourself please don't be these people the theano theano it's t-h-e-a-n-o and it's by marnie mclean it's a large cowl by the look of it but it is like i was mentioning last week like i was thinking of doing it's one that looks like you can pull it over your head like a hood she calls it a, a convertible cowl. Which I'm thinking might be perfect. And from looking at the yardage on the yarn that's, they were sel- that's they selected, it looks like it might be sort of a DK weight, which again would be another one. It looks like it uses three skeins. So again, it might be another good one for, yay, I can use hand paints and not break the bank. It's really pretty. It's all lacy. Zosia. Oh, also by Marnie McLean. Yeah. I love this sweater. This one is a cardigan that has some wide ribbing over basically all of the, all of the cardigan and buttons that go, what, that looks like easily a dozen buttons there? Yeah. Dozen buttons that go from right at the bottom of the hem all the way up to the high ribbed neck. Yeah, it looks like a turtleneck. Which you could open and just, and, you know, undo the first three to four buttons and just wear open like a v-neck. But it's got this very wide cabling where all of those ribs, and those ribs look like something like, what, six stitches across? Yeah. And then six for pearl, or something in that area. Something like that. And but this really beautiful cabling detail, really the side of the sweater, it's almost, some parts of it are almost hidden under the arm. But also at the back, it's like there's this cable medallion right at the small of the back yeah, where. Each of the ribs sort of like swoosh into these. Yeah. And actually, cables. I thought it would be like shaping, but actually, now that I think of it, that's where it goes from rib to cable. Mm-hmm. So the cable would pull in right at the small of the back where you would put shaping in yep. to fit sort of waist shaping. Yeah. It looks really, really neat. I love that little detail. That's really clever. The Bellevue sweater by Robin Melanson. I like that one. You found a lot that you liked in this area. Yes, this, this section, part. I was like, ooh, I like that, and I like that, and I like that. And this one, it's got a sort of wide overlapped collar that goes into a V-neck that looks like it's got some sort of textural stitch to it. And it looks like it's got a basket weave texture or something yeah, like that. Yeah, like a single stitch basket weavy texture. That looks warm. On the body and the sleeves. Yeah, it looks really warm and cozy. And this one, it looks like it's in a natural gray, so it looks even more sort of rustic and warm and cozy. Oh yes, these ones. Darlington. By Ashley Knowlton. And they're a pair of knee-high socks with these really neat cable and eyelet details. Those look like story socks to me. And it looks like it's a heavier yarn than fingering weight. I could see those being comfortable inside of riding boots. Yeah, it's got to be a at least a sport weight, if not a DK, I think. The Sithara sweater, or hoodie, rather, by Corinna Ferguson. It's C-I-T-H-A-R-A, and it's a zippered hoodie with a sort of lacy and looks like almost twisted stitch pattern that goes up each either, each side of the zipper. And there's like a little wedge of a pattern on each sleeve, maybe about the last five, six inches. 
before the cuff, this and the rest of the sleeve is stuck in it. This reminds me a bit of the rogue hoodie. Yeah, Only except the rogue hoodie had the shape had those little wedges okay. in the body. This one doesn't. And this one seems a little bit more on the lacy side rather. Than yeah, this is more lacy and a lighter weight yarn by the look of it, or at least it looks more dainty. Whereas rogue was bigger and warmer and cozier. I might if I made it, I might leave off the hoodie. This one we both liked the Voluta. Yeah, Voluta by Rachel Aaron E R I N, and it's got a slightly wrapped shape because each side of the cardigan how to describe it the cardigan the open the fronts are on an angle so they actually angle across each other and create sort of like a triangle that comes over and buttons and it looks like it angles ooh, uh, the sides it sort of angles upward it's really hard to describe i'm not sure Just the fronts basically look like when you're knitting them they'll be slightly triangular and if you know about a wrapped cardigan when this is quote-unquote, wrapped. It is attached by one button on the opposing hip. And then around the edges, across the front and around the bottom, there's a very wide cable pattern, which looks really cool. And three-quarter length sleeve, with that cable pattern going at the hem of all of the sweater plus the sleeve. The Timbali shawl by Wendy Neal. You can't really see, there's two versions of it. One, there's a triangular one, it looks like there's a rectangular stole version as well. I really like the triangular one, just the way the patterns move into each other. Ooh, and that's in Tannis Fiber. Ooh, and the Ingle Nook socks by Laura Kanamori. Looks like a sort of, at the bottom of the, the foot, it's sort of a, um, most of the foot is in stockinette. And then around the ankle, it looks like a leafy pattern, but it looks like it changes as it gets higher, closer to the cuff. I don't sure. know if it's top down or toe up. It's got a pico hem at the top, I wonder which how might that, be a... Because so the area be. where the normal gusset would be is still in pattern, and I'm wondering how that lace pattern would hold up. I'm thinking that the, the gusset, like where the, the increases would be, they're probably taken to, probably uses part of the decreases of the, the lace pattern mm-hmm. to create that gusset. Ooh, like- and the Okami, or Okame, O-K-A-M-E, by Tabitha Hedrick. Ooh, that's pretty. <laughs> it's another cardigan. Again, it's got cable details, like at very far at the sides and around the, the cuff yeah. of the sweater. This is sort of like bordering on a jacket. Yeah, it looks, yeah, it's a bit more jackety actually, now that I look at it. And it's got sort of a very wide, what looks like garter stitch button band, and it's closed with toggles. It's really pretty. Oh, and there's also another, there's another really useful article in there about all kinds of increases, which would be good to look at. Because sometimes you want to use different sort of increases for different situations, especially depending on, you know, how noticeable you want it to be. And that's issue, this issue of Twist Collective. Woo! There is a lot of pretty in there. Yeah, there is. There's a lot of nice stuff in there. And this is not helping my urge to knit a sweater. Oh, I should be casting on my Evan Dim soon. And I'm not going to think about the Tosh pattern, my Madeline Tosh sweater. I'm going to find a pattern and it's going to sing in my head and that's how I'll know that it's the right one. The heavens will open and the angels will sing. Yeah. Either that or I'm going to become this awful yarn mama where I'm going (laughs) to decide that no pattern is good enough for that yarn. And the yarn will be sitting up there in its sulking little bedroom. But that's no fun. I know. Don't want that to happen to your yarn. Well, I hope that I find the right pattern for it then. Yes. Speaking of the, you know, the heavens opening up and all things good, one last thought from me about Cravings, Covets, and Crushes. I saw last weekend something that I think many women out there would love. Yes. I stopped by one of the local yarn stores, and in the section where you're able to sit down on the sofas and have a cup of tea and talk about the latest yarns and books and whatnot, there was a man sitting there, a young man with... 
bulky yarn and some large circular needles. Yeah. And he was very studiously watching every stitch that he made. And he only had a couple of inches of yarn on his needles. And it was obvious that the owner of the store was helping him along. And at one point he sort of looked up and said, this is really hard. This is harder than quilting. And I remember thinking, wow, you have absolutely no problems letting, you know, people know that A, you're, you know, a quilter, a quilter, learning to knit in that it's not easy. Yeah. And we kept offering encouragement that it gets easier, especially when you're just starting out. You're, yeah. You feel awkward. And it gets easier and it gets easier. Come to find out, he's learning to knit so that he can make his wife a scarf for Christmas. Aww. Is that not absolutely darling? Does he have a brother? That I know of, no. <laughs> Damn it. A single brother? <laughs> so it just goes to prove there, there are good men out there. Oh, yes. They just need to be handed the right yarns. They just need to be converted <laughs> and brought over to the dark side. Come to the dark side. We have yeah, cashmere. Cl- all right, ladies and ghoul smurfs. I think that's all that we have for you for this week. So send us your crazy Thanksgiving Day images or ideas or experiences. And if you have started putting up your Christmas stuff, because it is now legal, <laughs> even in American terms, it is after Thanksgiving. Yep, pumpkin time. All right, pumpkin okay. time. <laughs> Ciao. Bye. Have a good week. Thanks for listening. To visit our show notes, listen to old episodes, or leave something in our tip jar for our microphone fund, you can visit us at knit1geek2.emptypockets.org. That's K-N-I-T-1 G-E-E-K mt-pockets.org. You can also comment at our Ravelry group. Just search the Ravelry groups for Knit One Geek Two. We're also on Twitter. You can find us at www.twitter.com/knit1geek2. Have a good week, everybody. Hey, Kitty. Hey, Jake. Knock it off. Unless you want Don't black hair instead of orange. Bite power cords. Outtake. Yes, if you hear a bzzz in the background. Okay, yes, you can attack the ironing board, that's fine. Yes. Jake, if you're going to do The Great Escape, you could do it when we're not recording. Do, 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 do.